So, you're looking for something different. Well, you found it. Right here with expat entrepreneur Jewel Daniels. Pushing boundaries on the solopreneur journey, where we're all about learning to build beyond just business. Let's get it. Hey, it's so nice to be with you today on the solopreneur journey. I'm Jewel Daniels, head of Daniels Communications Global, a leadership development firm that specializes in executive coaching, cultural competency, and of course, developing the best in you. I'm also the author of four books with my latest being Three Sides of Every Crisis. It's a really important book that talks about how do you find opportunities in the midst of a crisis by learning to adjust your perspective and to pivot. And that's what we're going to dive into here on the Solopreneur Journey. This show is all about reaching out to those who are single, shingle, one-person enterprises that are starting at the starting line, but are running the race towards something spectacular. That's why we say it's all about building beyond just business, because building a business, being a solopreneur, transitioning to an entrepreneur, and becoming a business owner means that you have to practice everything from being a good leader, to understanding how to collaborate, price your goods and services, and even practicing excellent emotional intelligence. So that sounds like a lot. It's going to be so good. So this is what we do. We invite entrepreneurs to come on our show to share their stories, to talk about how they're getting through this crisis. And then we also invite those who are doing exceptionally well, who have built their businesses from being a solopreneur to something extraordinary that can benefit you. So come on, take the ride. Here we go. So my, my reason for doing this is in this season of great difficulty for so many people, um, I had written a book called Three Sides of Every Crisis, and it was t- talking about how businesses can pivot and manage themselves through this crisis, as well as someone who's a professional and then take good care of yourself. And it was focused on middle, you know, medium to large size companies. But then I started getting all these requests from solopreneurs, single shingle enterprises, one person who said, Jewel, this stuff is good, but I don't know how to apply it to me. And so this is my solution for doing that. And I thought what would be so special is to one, profile some solopreneurs who are walking their way through this this journey and trying to pivot during the crisis and to speak to people who have started, all of us start you know, small and grow so large, but still stay true to their desire to help advance the community. And the work you have done is phenomenal. So that's my reason for selecting you. Uh, Our paths crossed years, years, years ago uh, when I was in Savannah, Georgia, and I did the Black Business Professionals and Entrepreneurs Conference. Yes. And someone from your team reached out to me about STEM. And so that's how um, I came to know more about you and your business. And your your trajectory has been amazing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, history makers spoke to you, right? So you know you've done some good stuff. Yes, I've been in history makers, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I, I wanted to, I, I, you know, I don't want to be history. <laughs> I want to stick around a little bit longer. You know, if you stick, you know, here's the thing: if you stick around long enough, 
you, you get everything, you know, right? Who's ever left, they get tired and say, who's, who's alive, you know, he's alive. <laughs> Give him an award, you know, do something. He's the only one we can find. <laughs> So that's I, I love that. That's that, so that's funny. It's not what you do. It's the fact that you're still in the race. You know, they said, ah, you know, we need. But in any case, no, I'm just <laughs> I'm just having fun. Well, I want to talk to you about your journey and, and what you have done in this season of this pandemic crisis to pivot with your business. So let's start from the beginning. Is that okay? We can. Okay. So where was the seed planted, the entrepreneur, the C4 entrepreneurship to start a business? Where did that come from? Where did that desire come from? It is um, one of the things that is so important is to embrace something that you love and to be able to give back to have some kind of value. So I never started anything that I've done with this sense of being an entrepreneur or with the sense that I was going into a business to make a living or to bring wealth. What I wanted to do early on was to make a difference, to make a difference for our community. When I looked around as a young person who was born in the uh, projects in Chicago and raised in the ghetto of Los Angeles, I looked around and I saw all of this talent that simply went to waste. Same story even today. And I said, I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to do something. So as I went on my journey and into college to make this story really short, I began to see that that problem we faced in Chicago, in Detroit, in LA, it was the same issue that people of color faced in Kingston, in London, in Berlin, in Africa, in Cape Town, same problem. The difference is, is in some countries, it was imperialism. In other countries, the people who absolutely oppress you may not have looked, have your skin color, but it was still institutional racism. But I took a lot of lessons and I saw that if we were given opportunities, if we found opportunities and we fought for those opportunities, the change was possible and change has been possible. We've come a long way. All of us have come an awfully yeah. long way. So as I began, as I started this journey to do something good, to make a difference, it's so interesting that when you do good things, good things come back to you. And I that's exactly what Elliot Maisie, um, who is the father of e-learning, uh, yes. said to me during an interview with with him. He said, I didn't start this necessarily uh, to to build a business. I, I really wanted to make a difference. I wanted to make make an impact. And so your company has grown and diversified 
in such an incredible way. But where did it start? What, what was your first project? The first project was a newspaper at Cornell University called Umoja Sasa, which is Swahili for Unity Now. And out of that became US Black engineer, Hispanic engineer, women of color, Science Spectrum magazines. So we developed the largest group of magazines aimed at individuals in science, technology, engineering, and math. We later added two of the largest conferences in the world aimed at minority and underrepresented professionals. That was the Black Engineer of the Year, which is now entering its 35th year and Women of Color in STEM, which is entering its 25th year. We also uh, launched the Hispanic Engineer National Achievement Awards. So all of these uh, pieces were about creating hope and dreams and showing what was possible and letting people know that you could write your own narrative, that other people did not have to tell you what you were, who you were, and what, was and what was possible for you. We showed the impossible was in fact possible. And that is why we continue to grow. And along the way, I wanna say this, a lot of people, when they look at these, uh, these things that we do, they said it's only for blacks. No, we were able to do this because of all of our partners and sisterhood and brotherhoods who represent all different colors, all different cultures. We could not do this by ourselves. And in order, at the end of the day, our planet will never be saved if we live in our little tribes. But, mm -hmm. but we still have to let people know our tribe is here and don't overlook That's us right. and don't abuse us. And so that is part of what we do here, to unify, not exclude. So I love so much that you talk about that because I can imagine even myself being a black woman in business for over 20 years. Yes. When you chose to focus in on African-Americans and, you know, the black community and the Hispanic community and, and, and women, was there some heat that came to you for making that decision? Absolutely. And there's still heat because I think that we we take these false narratives all the time, a narrative of division that happens across the board. But that doesn't stop me at all. And it doesn't stop our organization. If you look at our organization, we're one of the most diverse organization in the diversity space that you can imagine. We have Jewish people, white people. We have... Uh, uh, folks from Africa, folks from Jamaica. My wife is Jamaican, born right there in Hanover. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. My so sistren. My sistren. Yeah, yeah I'm, <laughs> that's why we're there all the time. General, this is the first. That's why you, I that's know. why it's your favorite place to vacation and oh, jerk yeah. chicken is your favorite food. There you go. And it's not even vacation. You know, when we come there, it's not about vacation. You, you have a lot of family there. So you already know what that means, right? If you've got family yes, on the indeed. ground and friends on the ground, I need a vacation from Jamaica. From you know, 
<laughs> that's not a vacation. That's work. I'm generally down there, uh, you know, involved on the ground. One of the things that we did in Jamaica, and I know I'm digressing, but we put computers in the post office about 10 years ago. Now, that's, they're no longer there, but we had a program to attempt to bridge the digital divide. And as you know, in a lot of the post offices, that's where you go. So we were able to don't get a bunch of donations, put those computers into the post offices so folks could log on to the internet, you know, to the internet. It was a good idea. It was a good program, but it wasn't sustainable. The government would really have to do that. And you had the element, you had a whole bunch of things that took place, but for a while, we were really trying to make that difference and we still continue to do that. But let me come, come back to this idea of going into business. And I knew one of the things I wanted to say to you, Joe, today and to the listening audience was this. You can go into business with the concept, I'm going to make some dollars, I'm going to create a livelihood for my family, I'm going to do those good things, and that's great. And it can be transactional. It can simply be, I'm going in there and I'll sell you a pair of shoes and that's it. And do well. Or you can look at life a lot different ways and you can say, I see a need. I see where people have uh, been ignored and undervalued and how can I do something different? And out of that can come some unbelievable opportunities. I'll give you a couple of quick examples, a couple of quick examples. One, one, if you look at, if you look at farmers and how much food they have to drive away, because as you know, in a lot of the countries, you do not sell the food that you grow on your land directly to the market. You might go to a farmer's market, but most likely right. you take those coffee right. beans, you sell it to someone else, or you take the main, you take all of that stuff, you sell it to someone else, they package it up, give the right. farmer a hand, you know, a, 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 a piece of it, but then they sell it to the uh, international market, right? Someone came up with a bright idea. Why don't we take the imperfect food that we generally would throw out and create a market and sell it to people who don't mind buying food that is not the perfect tangerine or the perfect mango or has a little bruise here, something there. Why throw this in that? Why throw this food away? Let's go direct to market. Yesterday, I received my box from Imperfect Foods. You get wow. it a lot cheaper. The food comes in a lot cheaper. It solves a social problem at the same time. It puts a lot of people Excellent. to work. It's doing a good thing and creating a great business. So I think I want to. I want us to think not about entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, but more socialpreneurs. Love it. I love. I love that you say that because in this time of crisis, the one thing that I talk about in my book is it's when innovation dials up. And a lot of time it's, be, it's because of the crisis, the, the great need, but it is during these times that we see some of the most innovative businesses come to the surface. Well, Joe, you said something, and again, to put this all in a broader 
broader scope, and you're right on target, there's always a crisis. Life is crisis. Life is chaos. The only difference is what crisis are you focusing in on today? You will never be without a challenge, ever. As long as you live, there will be a challenge. There will be something in front of you. And a little, a little, when you're, when you're concerned about the little things, that means the big things you've sort of gotten out of the way, but there will always be that, there will always be a need for something. So you always have to be innovative. You can always find opportunity. The issue for most of us is this, and I talk about this as being selfishness. You can either look at what's happening around you and say it's happening to me, or you can look at what's happening around you and say, ah, let me find some opportunities there. Because there is an opportunity. There's always Always. winners and there's always losers. Not losers, but there's other people who don't win as quickly. So if you you look at the world and you think you're going to get through this, without any kind of struggle or any kind of crisis, you're not going to grow. You do not grow at all. I think about all of the things that have happened to me. And if I wanted to, I could take two, I could look at it several ways. I can say, wasn't that awful? Or I could say, had that not happened, I wouldn't be the person I am today. Maybe Maybe I would not have empathy if someone didn't uh, 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 treat me poorly. And because I know how that feels, then I don't want to treat someone else that way. So what if- I'm glad you said that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what if everybody just said to you to have treated you great, given you everything you wanted to be? I think you can see some world leaders right now See what that if you've gotten everything in the world and you never had to care about anybody else because because of whatever the reason. So no, we we need there's a reason why there's a negative and a positive. Mm-hmm. It creates the balance of it all, and the crises I think also allows us to remember how to stay ahead of the game. But sometimes you can get complacent when you are running a business or very com- or very comfortable in right. the space of being in a zone where things are going well. And that's when it becomes truly challenging because there's always somebody who is looking to come into the marketplace um, and not replace you, but there's always someone who's going to be competing with you. But in your case, I, I asked myself this question, I was really wondering, who who was your competition because of the diversity of how you took the approach with STEM? Do you do you feel like you have um, just one minute to pause? Uh, one of your coworkers, can you can you turn off your your mic because your background noise is coming into the to the whoever's four one zero two nine eight? Can you mute yourself? Great. Okay, that's better. Thank you. Um, well, you're talking when about you, competition. Yes, competition. Um, the way you went, your, your strategy, the diversification of that was incredible. How did you know, or what, or what was the driver for going in what, to make that your niche? Yes. 
science? That's, that's an excellent question. And I, I've tried to explain this for years to people. I like competition in what we do. And I want more competition. What I mean by that is this. We need to compete to save that little black girl that's been told what she cannot be. We need to fight real hard to make sure that those farmers are being paid and earning the work on their land and being treated well. We need to make sure that that, ask, that person who wants to fly to the stars is able to do that. Yeah, we need a lot of competition because the, the need is so great. Mm-hmm. So I welcome anyone and I encourage everyone to get into this area because there's, there's more than enough business to go around because there is no limit how some people will abuse others. There's no limit on how some nation states will kill dreams. There's no limit at how some people can, with nefarious reasons, will have no problem in put keeping their foot on the necks of others. There's no limit to that. So we need all of the competition of good people, good folks coming in and making a real attempt to make that change. Right. The other the thing focus that I is said, Go ahead, yeah, I'm sorry. No, Jewel, I just wanted to say the other thing that I've that I that I often often tell people is this. Don't be worried about what the other person is getting. God creates enough for everybody. Make space for you, just you. Yeah. Worry about what you need to do. Are you yeah. happy? Do you have yeah. enough? Are you eating? Are you respected in your community? Then if all of that is there, then I don't care what the guy next to me is doing or the other person. See, we, 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 get, we, we lose sight of what our real goal is when we look at what our neighbor has. Mm. So in saying that, with you pursuing the area of science, technology, engineering, um, and math, those were not areas in which there was high representation within the African-American community. But you stayed the course with that over the years. What made you stay? And are you happy with the numbers that have grown to this point in 2020? Trick question, not a trick question, a complicated question. Yes, I'm happy with the growth, but I, but I do want to go back to the premise. And this is the, uh, this is the premise that I wrote about in a book that I did uh, that was published by MIT early uh, several years ago. It was uh, my, uh, the digital, I forget the name of it, but I'll, it'll come back to me. Blacks, Hispanics, indigenous people have always been in technology. That's right. It was the indigenous people that discovered rubber. It was the Africans 
that were the agricultural engineers that allowed the South to thrive in the U.S. It was all of that technology. Who built the houses and designed all of that? The Africans. Who were the original navigators? Right. Who were the original navigators who navigated the sea and all of that? People of color. So what has happened was the appropriation of our identity. And we were told that these jobs, which were the technology jobs of yesterday, are the same technology jobs of today. We were forced out of all of those jobs. Mm. We were forced mm. into other areas because those were the jobs that paid so much and the opportunities mm. that, that, that paid. I, I don't really want to go in. I, I can mm. use your whole show to talk about that. But here's the point I'm making. When a little girl, a little boy says science is for the white kids, they forget Benjamin Banneker. They forget all of the folks who were the technologists of their time. And that things that people who look like us did were appropriated by the majority communities at that time, as that's not unusual that that would happen, right? That's yes. how Jesus wound up looking like white when there's no way in the world that he can look that way if, 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 if the Bible is true, right? Right, 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 right. Or, 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 or maybe they use some bleaching cream. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So there's no way any of that could, 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 could be true. But, and that's okay because all of us want to feel good and all of us want to say what we've accomplished. But the point is this has come at the, at the uh, uh, disadvantage of our kids because they don't think they can be this. So that's why history is important. That's why it's important to say to a young person in the U.S., when you talk about the Civil War, it's important to say, well, no, we weren't just freed. The blacks who fought in the army were the turning point on why the North won the, won the war over the South. That right. black people died, they fought, and in fact, we were really affirming what was already what was happening in many parts of the nation with us rising up and kind of, uh, of you know fighting for our own liberty and things like that. Mm -hmm. So we've always been involved in science and technology. So right. the key, the so what we have seen is the reintroduc re reintroducing our role in science and introduction. To that end, yes, we've, I've been very happy. When the Black Engineer of the Year conference started almost 35 years ago, there were five historically black colleges that were ABET accredited in engineering, just five. Since that time, we now have 15. We're a long way from where we should be, but we're also a long way from where we were. Progress is every day. And Jules, just one last, last thing I want to say about progress. That's why you get on a scale every single day. The reason you get on a scale every single day is to see where you are and see where you're going. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And That's it, beautiful. Yeah. 
That's quite beautiful. So it sounds like the history of, of the African-American, the black person's journey, plus knowing that we were underrepresented in those industries and, and really pushed out of those industries were some of the drivers that allowed you or, or to create this business uh, to make sure that those stories were told. Yes, and I and again when we talk, you say African American. I just want to be clear. This is a this is a yeah, global story. The story, you know, uh, Bob Marley. You know, he cut the song "Buffalo Soldiers." Where did that come from? So, yeah. uh, you know, our struggle is everyone's struggle. Mm-hmm. It's it's our struggle is the struggle of people of conscience. And again, right. I cannot overstate the point of people of conscience being of all colors. And those listening here saying, you know, I'm part of it too. I'm a person of conscience. But one of the things I do want to be clear of is that we have to be very clear about what our objectives are too. So that our journey doesn't become, isn't sidetracked with other people's uh, goals and their needs. Yeah. What was, what, what, is, what was it that helped you stay the course? Because very often people start a business and they're very passionate and excited yes. and then they get beat up by the challenges that they faced along the way. And we talked about the fact that of course you had some challenges. How have you been able to sustain and grow? It's easy to get into business it's hard to stay in business and nothing's guaranteed one way or the other every single day. So how do we do that? Well, I believe our company has done that by having some core values. May not work for other people, but it certainly worked for CCG. Number one, respect for our team members, for the people who work for us, I don't think as many people that may have worked for the company and gone on, I can't think of maybe a handful that would ever have anything negative to say about their experience at Career Communications Group. Have integrity. Yeah, and I really do mean that. You know, I really do mean that. And people who leave the company, they still come back to the conferences. Many of them still volunteer. I mean, that that constantly happens because you do outgrow opportunities or other opportunities happen, but care for the people, treat the people that that are part of your team, do the best you can. Now, and that also means you can't say yes all the time because you have, you know, there's, there's a no that has to be attached to certain things. Yes, yeah, so sometimes people need no. Sometimes they need no. Uh, have integrity. Have integrity. Do not cheat on your products. Do not cheat on your services. Every day that you wake up and you talk to people, I tell, I tell my team this all the time, never, ever, ever lie. Don't lie for me. Don't lie at all. You never know you're sitting in a deposition. That's right. Do not lie, you know? So if you don't do that, if you always do things by the book, 
then you never have to worry about folks coming at you. And trust me, the more high visible you are, the more people that are going to come at you for whatever reason. So don't try not to let that be a problem uh, uh, for you. I, I love that, that you said that. Sure. Um, I love that you said that particular point, and it resonates with me as a leadership development expert, you know, 20 something years, because I get that question all the time from leaders, and I tell them you should never lie. They say, that's impossible. I said, excuse me? Of course. It's, it's, it's not impossible, it's your lazy way out. It's the way of charging underrepresented, it's a way of charging poor people more money for a mortgage. Mm. It's the way of filling your pockets. Mm. And that's why all of these, some of these major companies out there are in trouble when it comes back to what they did because they encourage or Maybe they don't say, go out and do something dishonest, but you're not going to get a commission if you don't do certain things. So you know what an organization will tolerate. Listen, you're not going to come up as a whole on charges of racism and sexism if you don't tolerate it in the workplace and you, you set a clear example. Yeah, it's going to be reasons for that. Yes, if you have an inclusive environment and people feel safe to report it, yes, your incident rate of reporting of sexual racial acts, uh, of course they're going to go up if you have an environment that makes it safe for people to bring this up. But at the same time, you have an inclusive environment that everybody can live in. At the same time, you can create a toxic environment where if you were to bring an issue in front of the boss and, and you may lose your job, then you tolerate it. You accept it. Those are toxic environments. So we don't believe in that. Yes, you can have an environment that's built on integrity. And the third thing, uh, you really have to be engaged with the community. You have to give back. You have to be there because there's been times that we've been in trouble, uh, economy, yeah. and people came to me and said, you know, you guys do such good work. We can't let you fail. You're too important to our community for us to let you fail. So that's what you know, partnership, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it really does. So it's not mine. It's all of ours. I've been told more than once, you are simply the trustee of this business right now. But career communication, black engineer, all of this stuff, it belongs to our community. And one day somebody else will be sitting where I'm sitting, where we all are sitting. But the need, the need to give our kids that dream and let them be what they can be, that will never, ever change. So you're in the publishing industry. You talk about um, those, those. How have you pivoted? Have you learned to pivot in this environment? Excellent question. Well, we've always embraced digital. We've always uh, embraced what is most important is content. 
How do you take content, reposition content, put it back out there? So that's what we've continued to do. It hasn't been easy. You know, everybody's trying to find their, find their way through this area where advertising dollars have dropped significantly, or not even dropped. They really have been refocused uh, to the larger uh, companies that are now picking up a lot of the print dollars that used to exist. So your Facebooks, your Googles, all of those folks who have been able to take to uh, um, increase the market, but they've taken a lot of the advertising dollars that the traditional legacy media uh, uh, has had. But I'll tell you, as long as you can connect the audience with the need of the buyer, there's, there's space and we've been able to do that. What's been your biggest challenge? Our biggest challenge right now has been navigating our way to increase our digital footprint. Although we have always been there on a digital uh, platform, a lot of other people were not there. Yeah, so some more crowded everybody space. Everybody is there. A year ago, Zoom, <laughs> this would not have happened. We have been doing telework for at least 10 years. Exactly what's happening now, our company had already been doing this. Yeah. So now everybody's catching up and we're, we're sort of saying, oh, all we have to do is scale up. So our biggest challenge now is scaling up, making sure it's more convenient, making sure it's easier. But this is, this is what we strongly believe at Career Communications Group. Out of winds of change, there's oceans of opportunity. Mm. So every time this happens, which it will always happen, as I said, there's always crisis, everything else. What you do is take a deep breath and decide how do you pivot? How do you change? And we've changed paths many, many times. Now, let me say this to the audience, uh, to those who are listening as a takeaway. An important takeaway, whether you work for someone, whether you want to be an entrepreneur, meaning that in the company, you're fine, you take ownership of something. If you're, if you're working in a shoe store, then I'm going to take responsibility for my part of that shoe store. I'm going to be the best expert on tennis shoes that there are, right? You yeah. become an entrepreneur. You figure out how do I help my boss my organization, profit and grow. If you can do that, you always have value. Many of us do get complacent. We look at it as a job because that's not what's important to us. What's important is getting a paycheck and other challenges, and that's okay. If that's your path, then you're not, you don't grow. I will tell you, any entrepreneur, any solopreneur, any of us, if you're not growing, you will be left behind in a world that's forever, ever changing. Yeah. And there's no uh -huh. reason, Joe, there's no reason in this day and age that if you want to go on a path of self-improvement, that you can't. The data's all around you. You can go to our website. You can go to uh, uh, CCG. MAG.com 
You can take online courses. You yeah. can go to blackengineer.com. That's another one of our websites. If you're not at blackengineer.com every day, if you're not listening to the seminars of professionals who are talking, then you're missing an opportunity of growth that's there. So you- And I love you mentioned that because your websites are so, so diverse because what I thought was so interesting is that you have this captive audience, right? Um, that where your niche is, but then you also created this directory of information. And then you also learned to pivot and you said, let's help build the future. Let's touch our young people. And you, so I'm, I'm so curious to know, how did you create strategy? When did you know to add the different layers to help build the business? That is an excellent question. And let me, let me be very clear. As a company, if you're not looking at partners and bringing other people in, then you're doing yourself a bit of a disservice. There's a great opportunity there. I remember some years ago uh, in, in Jamaica when we set up a scholarship fund for the Jamaican Technology Institute. That's right when you come into Mobay. You know that, uh, that yes. technology school where we created some scholarships there. And we were working with AOL back then in Jamaica. And one of the things that Bob Pittman said he, he actually had a house in trial, which is why oh. he had the, yeah, which is why he had an interest in Jamaica, right? But the point is Pittman yes. said every company will be an internet company at some point. No matter what, if even if it's a brick store, it's an internet, it's a, it's gonna be an internet company. You know, I just got a box of Aki. It's real tough to get Aki, but I got my 12 cans of Aki yesterday off the internet. Right. I called in. Got, <laughs> somebody got the Aki, took it to Brooklyn, shipped it to me. Right. So, you know, you can sell you can can those, you know, that can Aki. It was Grace, which is great. I like Grace. That's but, great you know, because it's but, 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 but listen, Seventeen dollars a can here in the U.S., if not more. And I can get it. I can just knock it off a tree, you know, when I'm down there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. But in any case, I, 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 yes. I, I, you create partners. And that's what we did. We brought in corporate partners. We brought in uh, educators. We brought in other folks. And they will tell you what their needs are. Mm -hmm. And we react mm -hmm. to, their, to their needs. We react to what is needed in that marketplace at the, at the time. So don't look at anything that you're doing and as a silo. You really have to look at you all the time. You have to look at who can I partner with versus I'm going to bring people to me. Always think, how can I expand and touch every particular area, every opportunity that I see out there? If you do that, you're going to grow. So in doing the process of creating partnerships, obviously your company uh, is diverse in its offering. What do you feel is your premium offer, offering? What offering? What, what is your premium offering that you bring to the table? Not just in terms of your product, uh, but maybe it speaks to your service or the way you develop the relationships. Why do people partner with Career Communications Group? Because you can become 
everything that you are. You can become everything that you are. The moment that you enter into the CCG family, the CCG community, you will be more than you are when you leave. We will take you on a journey. You will meet people. You will build social convoys. convoys. You will build professional convoys. You will find opportunities that you never, ever thought exist. Mm. Yeah, what do we sell? What do we offer? We offer endless opportunities, endless possibilities. But it's really up to folks to enter into this network, into this community. Now, how that network happens, whether it's conferences, whether it's social media, whether it's magazines, whether it's television shows that we, we, we did at one point, all of those things can change. But at the end, what we offer, and I love this term because I used it, uh, I, would use it uh, I was using it a lot at one point, and it's a Jamaican term, having real change in a meaningful time period. being able to have real change in your life in a meaningful time period. That means that you're not saying my pie is in the sky and that's when I'll get my rewards. No, that means right now I can show you what you can do and you can look at and say, this is going to take me two years, but I can get here by doing that right now. Right. I, I love what you're saying because uh, I often say that relationships are the new currency of business and that those relationships that you build will help propel a business. And I think that's really important for solopreneurs or those who are trying to, to, to build an entity because very often people are chasing the money. They're, they're chasing what comes at the end, not realizing that there's such value in the in how you build relationships because those things will sustain the business and they will bring you more business. Right. And when you say when you enter the CCG family, that's what I hear is that those bonds and those relationships that you will create and that you build and that you will benefit from it and that they will learn from the example that you've set because obviously you've been able to do those over the years. Drew, let me let me say this. And, for, and again, this is a wonderful show. And thank you for what you're doing. You know, a lot of people, it takes effort. And I hope that you're able to continue doing this because there's going to be times you might look at the podcast and say, wow, only 20 people listen. Well, don't think of it that way. Think about the point that you're creating content that you may be able to reuse later. You will re reuse it later in different forms. You will always be able to have a return. So the fact that you're creating right now, that's the goal. And I, and I, I want you to take, I want you to take this part away. Don't get caught up on audience size at this point. Just do the work, be consistent and be good about it. At some point you can, you'll be able to reuse all of this. 
Your show is Solo Entrepreneur. And the one thing I do want to say is that none of us can do this by ourselves. Now, the average black business is one employee. That's the owner. That's the average, which is why it's appropriate. In the United States of America, less than 10% of all black businesses make a million dollars or more. The average black company makes somewhere around $45,000 receipts, 45,000. That's barely enough to feed a family. So solo entrepreneur is appropriate to, to really reflect what I am sure is true across the world if we look at those numbers. But your job, like my job, because we were solo. Now we have a great team. We've got a lot of people. When I look at all of our volunteers, I look at all of our MVP, most valuable partners, we're in you know, hundreds, if not thousands of people who are actively talking CCG every single day. So what I wanna say is that the key is how do you move beyond that network? I'm gonna give some Real quick examples that I hope the, the listening audience that people who are thinking about business, not thinking about business, but thinking about the company. Number one, join your local professional organizations and trade groups. Join those places. Yeah, if you don't, you're missing a lot of opportunity. It's easy. If you are on a farm, you join those co-ops. You, 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 you tie into those kind of uh, pieces. Follow what the government is doing on those commissions. Look at what they're doing. Look at what they talk about. Don't look at where they are today. Look at where they're actually going, okay? Professional groups, you gotta, you have to join those professional groups. Join your local organizations in the U.S. It might be the NAACP, the Urban League, any of those things. Join them. Now with social media, you can go to social media, and there's tons of groups. Whatever you yes. fancy, whatever you like. You can go on. I must belong to countless groups. I belong to, <laughs> to the diversity groups. I belong to the HR groups. I belong to the engineering groups. I go to all of the universities. I try to join their groups. Join every group that you can. Build that network. And, and the more people know you, the more you will have an opportunity to grow your business and not be a solo entrepreneur but be that social entrepreneur. I love that example because I actually learned the value of, of networking uh, from George Frazier. He actually wrote- Yeah, George spoke at our conference several times. He's a great guy. Oh, he's a George great guy. Great. I remember reaching out to him and had him at a speaker. I used to do the Black Business Professionals and Entrepreneurs Conference yes. in Savannah. Had him as a speaker when I wrote my book. He actually wrote the forward to my first book. Could not believe that he would do that. And, and that's why I love people like 
you and George, because no matter how far you've grown, how successful you have become, you're still accessible. You know, I pick up the phone and I call him. He has the same phone number. <laughs> and he's been part of that mentor group. And he's the one who taught me about the value of networking and being a part of those organizations. You nailed it right there because sometimes solopreneurs, they think because the solo means one, that they get tunnel vision and they don't know how to grow beyond that. And that's why this show is so important. And those partnerships and those, uh, those memberships and those organizations at such incredible value. And it's, you know, you learn from them you create relationships with people who can perhaps help you along the bridge or get you across that bridge or to your next client. You, if every, if you truly believe every person matters, then you treat every person that way. Yeah. A lot of us may so say, a lot of us may say we believe that, but we don't. I will tell you, you know, I, um, I remember I, there's so many cases I can tell, but here's one that just struck me. This is an easy one. I walked into a hotel one time and, you know, I wanted a room. I was at a conference. I decided I wasn't going to stay at the conference. I was going to go home that night, but I said, no, nah, I'm not going to drive all the way back to the house. It'd take too long. And I was tired, so I went to the front desk and I said, uh, you know, I need a room. And the guy came in and, uh, you know, behind the desk and he said, wait a second, please. He went, he came back. He said, here, he said, you're gonna like this room. And I went up to the room and it was half the floor, it was a suite. It had a sauna in there. It had everything. I said, what? And I went back down to thank him. And he said, you may not remember me, but I was oh. a student. I was a high school student that came to your conference. He said, I'm now the manager at this facility. And I just wanted to thank you. I could do it. I just wanted to thank you. Stories like that all the time how you you know how you treat people it will always always come back to you yeah whether it's and, good or whether it's bad and that's exactly right i i'm i'm not surprised that you had that experience uh, because you talked about why you get into this business and what your real purpose is in doing it it's not about the product and, and well making a quality product but you know, the commitment to the impact is what makes the difference. And that was my experience, my connection with your organization, my connection with STEM and the award and remembering that and sitting down and saying, when I do this podcast, I want people who will tell their story, tell the truth, um, talk about growth, talk about development, talk about challenges, who will be authentic, who is on that list. And that's exactly why I reached out to you. So I'm so grateful. I have one last question for you. Sure, please. This, this is my big question uh, for, all, for all my guests usually. 
Most people talk about success. Other people talk about greatness. Everyone does, does, defines success differently, perhaps, you know, and I'm curious to know from you, if you had a choice between success and greatness, which would you choose and how do you define them being different? Success to me is creating, for me, it's, it, it's success. Because greatness is with every generation and greatness will change. The people that were great 500 years ago may not be great today. It's a handful of people, you know, maybe along the way that we remember their names. But the true, the reality is, is that we don't really remember people. We remember what's been done. So success, the way I defined it, if we're able to continue to create an army of like-minded people that are committed to making this world better, then they found it. If they're willing to help and continue to drive young people to aspire and be better, if we're able to make humanity more decent, save the planet, respect one another, and not have one person be, a, be a, a, a subjugated, mm. go hungry, go without medical care. That to me is success. And that I would rather have. That's what I want to have. I love that. That made me think about our beautiful uh, Dr. Maya Angelou. She said, people may not remember what you said, but they always will remember how you made them feel. So That's it's the true. impact, right, uh, that you make and the legacy that you leave that makes the difference in this universe. God bless you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for Thank having you. me. It's been another great time spent with you. Thanks for joining this episode of the Solopreneur Journey with expat entrepreneur Jewel Daniels, where we love being your ear candy. Let us hear from you by dropping a note at www.thesolopreneurjourney.net. Remember, you may be working on your single shingle enterprise, but you're not alone. See you next time when we push boundaries to build beyond just business.